Hello, thanks for listening to this episode. I just wanted to apologise in advance. I did have some sound issues. I've tried to edit the episode as best as possible, but there are a few glitches. So thank you for sticking with it and I hope you enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome back to the LMT Fitness Podcast. This episode I am very excited about. I am joined by the lovely Carrie and Carrie is the pelvic health physio. Did I get that right? You did. (laughs) So I, we were just discussing this actually, I slid into Carrie's DMs on Instagram and and asked (laughs) her if she would come on the podcast today to basically discuss all things pelvic floor health um, and I think if you've listened to sort of previous episodes of, of the podcast you'll know that obviously I'm a, a, a health and fitness coach an online coach and the whole sort of my whole idea of having the podcast was to have like health fitness well-being all things that sort of encompass this um, and I think we, we can't really speak about you know health and fitness in general without sort of touching on pelvic floor health as well because it can be something that's so like such a factor in how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your body and everything like that so but I am not an expert on it this is why I have Carrie today so Carrie thank you so much for agreeing to come on and giving us your time um and yeah if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself it's like your mini interview (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you um yeah it's great to be here so thank you for asking me um so yeah I'm I'm a pelvic health physio um used to sort of be referred to as women's health but I think obviously you know these things can affect men as well as women we all have a pelvic floor um I think predominantly most of the issues that I sort of see really are sort of um women's health based in general really um and I I I was doing sort of general musculoskeletal physio for a long time um I've been qualified about 11 years and I came I just kept sort of seeing odd things um that were sort of pelvic health related um and I was just really interested in it and I, I sort of I ended up then kind of going into the area and working there a little bit and then I'd sort of, you know, go back into doing a bit more sort of sports physio rehab and then I'd go back into pelvic health and I just, I kind of kept migrating back towards it and just really enjoying it and finding it interesting. And I think I've had my own issues with my pelvic floor and, um, you know, kind of pelvic floor dysfunction, overactive bladder. Um, And so the more I learned, the more it helped me and the more I just thought oh gosh you know it's really simple stuff sometimes but it makes the biggest difference um and just being able to you know advise and help other women with these things um I I just got such a buzz from doing it and so yeah I was like I think this is my my area and and so I've I've kind of I've stayed there really this was all before having children myself um I do have a daughter who's um a year and a half now um, and obviously I've got, you know, my own new issues, if you like, having had her, but a lot of the things I experienced were actually pre-Bella um, and certainly nothing to do with with having her. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that you've highlighted the need for everybody to talk about this um, and particularly in health and fitness. You're right. It is it's a health and well-being problem, really. And I think 
women's health in general is not really it's just it's not researched well there's you know people don't put money into it everything's researched on men um but we're built so differently and we experience lots of different things periods obviously um childbirth menopause everything's driven by hormones and I think you know it's really important to understand them and you know how we should kind of nurture our bodies really we've experienced pregnancy or or childbirth or you know went through the whole process of having a child absolutely pelvic health is you know one of the, the top priorities but I think if you've not it can sort of just get lost a wee bit so I really I love the fact that we're talking about it in general for for you know everybody and things that we can we can really look at and things we can do to improve ourselves really oh absolutely yeah I think it, it's it's about education isn't it and sort of understanding our bodies and what they're going through at different stages in our life um, different stages in the month in the week um, and I think a lot of it we were just sort of left to bumble through life and then we suddenly you know come across an, an event where we don't really know much about it so as an example you know we're you know as young women we get to that age where we start to have periods and I don't ever really feel like anybody taught me about periods I think it was something that you didn't really discuss you know my my mum was was great she was as good as she she could be at that point based on what she knew and probably her experiences but and now you know I've kind of gone into pelvic health and I I look into that a little bit more I realize there's so much about my body and my cycles that I just I had no idea and um you know training and and everything else you know sometimes I have more energy to do things and sometimes I don't and you sort of put pressure on yourself to do things and actually you know if you understand where you are in your monthly cycle it's like well yeah I'm not going to feel up to doing that because this is where I am and actually I shouldn't force that I sh you know I should rest more and, and then when I've got more energy that's when I should do things and it's the same with the with the menopause um you know I'm sort of flabbergasted at what women suffer and go through with the menopause and everybody obviously has very different experiences with that but I just I think it's so nice now that people they're talking about it and they're saying you know this is what's happening to me and you know it's not very nice I don't feel good and instead of it now being at all well you know that's women's problems just deal with that you know half the population go through that now it's like come on half of the population are going through this and we're leaving them on their own to deal with it um and it affects everything you know it affects how their mind works how they feel whether they're capable of going to work that day whether you know they can go out and do the activities they want to do their relationships it's it's huge and it's the same with um continents um you know i think a third of women at some point in their lifetime will have issues with their pelvic floor um, and that might be incontinence it might be prolapse it might be painful sex that's another area of, of kind of pelvic floor dysfunction so a third of women will will struggle with one of those areas um, and it, it, it takes on average about seven years for somebody to seek help for those things and yeah, I just, I love that we're talking about it because I don't think anybody should have to put up with things for seven years. Yeah, I think also as well, it's like, it's one of those things where if there is something 
you know, in particular that you're experiencing, although, you know, it has been spoken about more now, there's still like an element of, oh, you know, I can't, I can't talk about that, you know, I can't say the word vagina, or I can't say, you know, this is what's happening, so like, yeah, totally, it's just getting out there, because somebody listening to this might be feeling embarrassed, or feeling even ashamed, but like, you know, not wanting to go and speak about it, so yeah. I love it that we're just I mean we're doing our, our little bit but at least we're at least we're trying absolutely flying that flag yeah <laughs> so just to be like right back to the very basics what what is your pelvic floor and what is the like the importance of looking after it so you explaining it to somebody that has no idea how would how would you sort of go through it Okay, so pelvic floor, it's it's a it's a group of muscles like kind of anywhere else in the body really. Um and those muscles are responsible for keeping our pelvic organs in the right place. So when I say pelvic organs, I mean sort of bladder, bowel, uterus. Mm-hmm. Um they the attachments of the pelvic floor mean that they support sort of your pelvic joints, your lumbar spine. Um, so they can help if you've got, you know, aches and pains, um, but also from like a stability control point of view, just from any form of, you know, movement or exercise. Um, they obviously keep us dry. So um, responsible for preventing incontinence um, means that, you know, if we need to go to the toilet, we can hold on to that, gives us enough time to get there. If we cough, sneeze, laugh, it stops any leakage, whether that's you know, urinary or fecal, um, and also kind of helps from a, a kind of a sexual satisfaction point of view. So I think, you know, historically people have thought, oh, really tight pelvic floor, and, you know, that means that feels really good for, um, you know, my partner, but actually having, um, you know, a nice, strong, so not tight, so we don't want a tight pelvic floor, we want a really strong pelvic floor, that kind of heightens, um orgasms and just the general pleasure that we would get from from having sex having a really tight pelvic floor can actually be really uncomfortable and painful um and I know there's been some kind of um well a bit more in the media recently about like vaginismus and sort of painful sex um and that's all to do with um well, not all to do with, there's other factors, but a a big part of that is having a really tight and overactive pelvic floor. And a lot of women that are very active and do lots of exercise, sometimes that can be um, an issue for them. Um, So yeah, that's kind of, in a nutshell, really what our pelvic floor does. As we get older, naturally, it will weaken like any other muscles in the body. So if we don't use it, we lose it. So you know, we sort of accept, I think, that as we get older, you know, it's old ladies and old men, you know, they they might dribble. Um, you kind of expect, you know, that that's going to happen. But that's just because those muscles are weak and they're not supporting those organs. They're not able to control our bladder and bowel movements anymore. If we were to exercise them throughout our life, um, we would prevent that from happening. So it wouldn't just be a given that when we get old, you know, we 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 ourselves um but we're just not really taught how to exercise those muscles properly so I think you know if we can get more information out there about how we do that um 
everybody would be able to look after their pelvic floor health just yeah for as long as they're alive yeah I mean it's basically the exact same so this is something that I go on about a lot as well it's like you know as you sort of go into your you know even like as early as your 30s you know you start to lose muscle mass like you know your your body and this is why it's so 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 important to strength train to make sure you're eating you know adequate protein and these are all things that you know we speak about all the time but it's and it's basically like the same as what what you're saying I suppose it's just you know a, a much more specialized area if, if you know what I mean and it's like it, I suppose it's just when you think about the the sort of holistic approach to looking after your body because I hate to see this um you know when it's like frail old ladies and it's just that's accepted that that's the way that it's got to be and it's like no it doesn't like you can really I mean you can still build muscle as you age you know all of these things are possible but it just takes knowing what to do I suppose and and really making sure that you do it as well so no I love it let's just have whole strong bodies in, in every area absolutely absolutely I mean if you think about where the pelvic floor is, it's it's basically holding everything up from like the bottom of your pelvis upwards. So it's gotta be it's gotta be strong, you know. It's really kind of under a lot of pressure. Um, and yeah, you're right. You you can you know you can strengthen up like anywhere else, and it is never too late to start that strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same principles that you would apply to anywhere else in the body. Yeah. So what is what are some of the the sort of different stages of life that we go through, you know, whether you go through them all or just you go through some of them or whatever, but like how our pelvic floor is affected at each sort of each stage? So um obviously just kind of naturally through life, um, like I say, it it, it will sort of weaken. Um but it's affected quite largely by hormones. So um, as we kind of hit um, sort of the age where we have periods, there'll be different times of the month where we might feel different from just a comfort perspective down below. Um, We might find that there's a difference in kind of how our bladder and bowels work, not necessarily control in those earlier years, but you know things just might feel a little bit different um obviously as we kind of go through life if we're quite active and we're doing lots of sport and exercise think about sort of um those higher impact activities so um you know i i've always done sort of cross-country running so my pelvic floor has always really been under um kind of strain from doing those activities and it's not something i've ever really I guess looked after or trained so you know I've continued to increase sort of that intra-abdominal pressure um, and put strain on my pelvic floor every time I've gone for a run I've done any kind of jumping bounding movements um you know it's it's being worked and fatigued um so then you know as I go through life if I don't strengthen that up and respond to the stresses and strains I'm putting through it then it, it will naturally weaken Obviously, pregnancy, childbirth, they're they're ones that we all know about. Um, And again, a lot of it is hormonal, um, but also there's the weight of, you know, that sort of growing uterus internally. 
like I said before, you know, your pelvic floor holds your pelvic organs where they need to be. And one of those is your uterus. So if that's expanding and filling and it's getting heavier. Um, so I think it grows up to sort of like five times its size. You know, that's quite a lot of pressure on the pelvic floor. So when when women do have babies and they say, oh, you know, my pelvic floor has not been the same since it's actually the pregnancy that's weakened it, not um, not the birth. So, you know, vaginal delivery C-section, it doesn't matter. Your pelvic floor has still undergone nine months of those stresses, really. And, and it will be weaker postnatally, even if you don't have any symptoms of a weak pelvic floor. And then obviously postnatally, we're a bit more deconditioned than usual. It might take us a while to kind of get going with activity. Um, we've got, you know, already a weaker pelvic floor. Our tummy muscles will have lengthened. Um, and you know they have an impact on how well our pelvic floor works as well so then for some people they just they don't ever quite get back to their baseline and so from then on you know they're they're sort of basically pressuring an already weakened pelvic floor and then you know as we continue to sort of age we hit the you know the perimenopausal age and again those hormones change so the fact that we lose estrogen is massive to our pelvic floor health. So things don't have quite as much um, bounce back and elasticity to them. So um, it's really common at this age for women to suddenly get symptoms of a prolapse um, or to get um, incontinence, particularly fecal incontinence, which people just do not talk about. But that is quite a common one at menopausal age because we've just not got the same tone around those muscles and those areas. So we can't shut those structures off to stop things from escaping. Um, also the lack of estrogen, it, it dries everything out. So it doesn't feel very comfortable down below. Um, and it, that can affect, you know, having sexual intercourse that, that doesn't feel nice if it's, if it's dry. Um, it can then affect, um, you know, things like our bladder and our bowel control and how comfortable that is to go. And like I say, also, you know, you've got sort of prolapse. And then, you know, once you come out the other side of that, it's it's just age. So it's just the fact that it's undergone all of those changes physically throughout our life. And, you know, we're just getting older and out, we're losing collagen just generally. So if you think about, you know, how our skin ages and the wrinkles on our skin, you know, we age everywhere else. So internally, everything else is, well, kind of getting those wrinkles, really. So, you know, pelvic floor is is the same and it just it can't respond as well as we want it to, um, particularly if we've sort of we've ignored it um, and not exercised it. Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting you, when you said that there as well about you doing cross country running. So I, I run myself as well, um, but I started weight training oh maybe 13 years ago now so a long time ago um and when I first started you know there was nobody that really I was sort of self-taught for many years right at the beginning and um there wasn't the same sort of number of women that were in the weight area and stuff then as well so it's still very much like you know the like the guys area of the gym with the like the nipple vests and on the, and this on <laughs> um so like you know it was just sort of lift as heavy as you can like fire through it there was nothing around like sort of you know slowing down and breathing through the exercises and these things and I really think that 
from really not having any awareness back then, you know, of like my pelvic floor and things like that. Like it, it really did take its toll. And even to this point now, like obviously even now having much more awareness, but I really felt like a change in mine. And I think it's related back to from when I first started weight training. And that's why now, like even with like my own clients, I'm always saying to them, like, you know, slow down, think about what you're doing with your training and things like that, because it's sort of forcing you to, you shouldn't be firing through an exercise in one second. I mean, it's got its own sort of benefits for like progression with your training and stuff as well, but it really forces you to sort of make sure you're breathing through the exercise because this like, you know, grabbing the weight and then holding your breath, which is what when I first started and it's just now I'm like, my poor pelvic floor for like those for those years but it was just really a not knowing about it I suppose um so yeah I can totally like relate to what you said there about the running as well and again I am also a runner so yeah I have to be very kind to mine as well because it's (laughs) going through the mill for sure Absolutely. And, you know, you've just, you hit the nail on the head with the, you know, the training because um, whether you hold your breath or not, it is so important when it comes to your pelvic floor and anything that you do in life where you hold your breath and effectively you're sort of, you're increasing that intra-abdominal pressure and and kind of bearing down on the pelvic floor, it, it, it really does have an effect on your pelvic floor and those are the things that that can also contribute and and weaken it so you know I I mentioned kind of the pregnancy and and menopause but you know things outside of that are like you say you know training either you know the high impact activity or resistance training where we're not breathing through the exercise so then we're putting all that extra strain on there you know having a chronic cough so you know in COVID that was that was massive for what that did to you know pelvic floor health if you've got a chronic cough you again you're constantly putting that pressure down below um and um another thing is constipation so probably wouldn't even really ever think about you know constipation really mattering that much other than it being kind of uncomfortable but you know for chronically constipated and we're straining you you're putting lots of, of pressure on the pelvic floor so yeah being able to breathe through and not bear down it 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 makes a huge difference and it's the one thing that um as I'm sort of you know now with some of my patients where you know they they get to the point where they want to just get back to being really physically active once we've sort of got the foundations of of that pelvic floor strength we then work it you know can you do a a deep weighted squat and act at your pelvic floor you know on the way up in the squat um you know can you do this exercise and activate your pelvic floor and effort can you can you breathe through as you do it it's amazing how many women when we first start trying to train their pelvic floor can't actually squeeze and lift their pelvic floor and breathe at the same time so many people hold their breath because it's the only way that they can get sort of some activity going um so yeah no massive on on sort of the the breathing through it again these are all things that you know whether you you know 
whether you've been through pregnancy or not, like these are things that affect all of us. So again, this is why I think it's so important to talk about it. It's just like, you know, it's going to, it's going to happen and there's going to be points where all of us have constipation or all of us hope, like, yeah. hold our breaths in certain, you know, situations or whatever. So just having the awareness that it's all interlinked can be so, so helpful as well, I think. Absolutely. So if, I know you've sort of touched on this as well, but if we say we do nothing about it at all, you know, we, we just neglect our, our, our pelvic floor, what are some of the sort of signs or symptoms or even, even if you're not like neg purposely neglecting it, but something like things to look out for that, that could be potentially, you know, something that you might want to get seen? So um, continence is, is a biggie. So, you know, if you're um, leaking urine, whether that's um, sort of stress incontinence when you cough, sneeze, laugh, jump, um, or you get kind of the urgency where, you know, you, you don't have any time really to get to the toilet. You sort of go from being not needing it to desperate in seconds and then actually not making it to the toilet in time. So that's kind of urge incontinence. It's the same with, with bowels. So not able to hold on to bowel movements, having to rush to get there, not being able to control wind or keep that in. Those would be things that absolutely 100% you, you should get somebody to um, kind of treat those things. Um, I think people feel embarrassed talking about them, but um, they're, they're very, very treatable. Um, prolapse. So that would be, um basically like a heavy dragging feeling in the vagina um some people might feel like they've got a tampon that's sort of stuck in there sitting a bit low they might sort of notice a bit of a bulge um coming out of the vagina normally sort of looks a bit like a plum they might feel it when they're wiping or when they're showering um or just they just feel a bit uncomfortable in in their pelvis low down in their vagina um and that's um that's normally signs and symptoms of a prolapse um and anything can prolapse in in the the pelvis so you know bladder uterus bowel basically they sit in a slightly different position to what they would do normally so they sit a little bit low they put pressure on those vaginal walls so the bulge that we can feel or we can see is is basically the the vaginal walls um and there's lots of lifestyle things that make a difference but pelvic floor strength training is is something that will make a big big difference as well so again if you're experiencing any signs and symptoms of a prolapse go and get seen um they're they're really really common symptoms in women lots of women will suffer with these things um but something being common doesn't make it normal and they are fixable so you, you know it's never too late to kind of start treating this area training your pelvic floor having a chat about some lifestyle factors that might be making a difference um like constipation you know etc so you know we can give loads of advice on that as well as going through a um you know a bit of a strength program and then other things that you might be looking at with pelvic floor so if sex is uncomfortable sex should never be painful um, if it is, that's normally um, something that pelvic floor can really contribute towards. That's normally the other side of things. I think I've already mentioned that it's often that it's tight and 
overactive as opposed to to being weak um and some pelvic pain so um yeah it's always worth kind of having a pelvic floor assessment to see if what the pelvic floor is doing um if that's making a difference to sort of any pain might be getting in the pelvis yeah sorry that um sorry for my phone going off there I thought I'd put that on do not disturb and it kept pinging I was <laughs> frantically trying to to switch it off there um no it's the it's so helpful because I think like that it's as we sort of said at the start you know there's maybe some of these things that women are thinking oh that you know this isn't quite right or you know um this has changed or whatever so the fact that you know you've sort of said that and the thing the thing is that you can treat them and there's things that you can do to to improve them um in terms of exercise then so with like I suppose the sort of two two strength training exercises so for your body and then for your your pelvic floor so for your you know your body in general like as we sort of touched on there like breathing through exercise and things like that is there anything so sort of from your professional opinion that we can do when we exercise to keep our pelvic floor as happy as possible so yeah I think first and foremost I kind of I'd get the foundations of pelvic floor on its own and I think when when you've got that you sort of know what that should feel like you've got a good lift you can kind of activate that as and when you need to then I would put that just into any of your exercises so um you know if like I say on on any effort that you're doing whatever that exercise might be you know can you contract your pelvic floor as you then go to do that movement so that it, it's it's working basically whenever you are exerting any any pressure internally you know you're um you're kind of putting more pressure on there can you get that working and responding to it on the flip side of that you can also to support your pelvic floor by making sure other parts of the body are stronger so your you know really deep tummy muscles thinking of that generally your your core so deep tummy diaphragm those kind of really deep stabilizing back muscles um there it's good to make sure they're nice and strong and that they're working well they're working together um can you also activate them and pelvic floor at the same time so that they give each other some support um and then any of the sort of the, the pelvic sort of stabilizing muscles so i'm thinking about like glutes um so they're a biggie you know have, have we got good glutes have we got good stability when we stand on one leg when we're moving because often a lot of people's um issues with pelvic floor it's not when they're sat still doing nothing it's when they're moving and they're doing certain things so i then look at what so what movement is it that's problematic for them what do they need to perform that movement well what muscle groups should they be using and then like you would with anything else you know strengthen those areas up but okay so we we need pelvic floor to work as well um and so then you can kind of incorporate the two together mm -hmm. oh, i love that because then it really is it's like your body just working really as as a whole because like i said the so all the programs that I write for my clients, they're all resistance based. Um, and, you know, we focus a lot on, you know, the big sort of like compound movements, but also strong glutes, because it's even thinking about, you know, 
if your goal is to do a, do a push-up or do 10 full push-ups a lot of people think it's just upper body strength you need for that but you know a push-up is really a plank moving and it's like you know you've got to think about then your core your glutes is everything strong enough to hold your whole body up as well so really through working that at the same time you know you are benefiting your pelvic floor as well so it's yeah the whole body in general I suppose and then one thing actually that I know because I have struggled with this in the past and I know that a lot of other women have is sort of pelvic floor exercises like understanding and knowing if you are using the right muscles when you when you do your pelvic floor exercises so yeah it's 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 really simple if if you just want to solely kind of work pelvic floor and single it out and like I say I think to begin with if you've got any issues and you need to strengthen that area I would do them on their own first and then kind of feed other bits in but basically to work your pelvic floor you want to imagine that you need a wee and that you need to pass wind and you're trying to stop both of those things from happening so you should feel a, a squeeze and a lift up around the vagina and a squeeze and a lift up around back passage so the whole of the I guess the area between your legs that you sit on you should feel that internally lift um, at the same time you obviously want to be breathing you want to make sure you're not clenching your buttocks you're not clenching your thigh muscles um, everything else really is nice and relaxed so you're just solely focusing on the areas around vagina and back passage so squeezing up and holding and for a lot of people they can sort of activate that area and they can feel that lift in the right place but then they probably let it go again straight away what we need to be able to do is actually hold that so pelvic floor does have a mixture of fast twitch and slow twitch fibers so we do want to work it in in both ways but it's often easier to work it kind of quickly and powerfully so do a quick lift and a let go but what we often lack is the the endurance in in the muscles and being able to lift and hold and that's what we need for a lot of um you know stability continence etc so you, you the aim is can you hold it for 10 seconds fully let it go and that's also really important so we want to make sure we're not clinging on with those muscles we want to fully let them go and then again do another squeeze so lift up around vagina lift up around back passage imagine we're stopping that wee and that wind from escaping mm-hmm. 10 second hold keep breathing let go and we want to be able to try and do that up to 10 times afterwards we then work it in that quick powerful way so the the fast contractions so just a really quick lift up and then you let it go fully quick lift up and then you let it go fully and and again you do 10 of those so if somebody was really struggling with pelvic floor or they were having symptoms this is what I would advise them to do I would get them to try and do that sort of up to three times a day and keep going for a number of weeks you want to start probably laying down because that's the easiest position to do it in. So if it's really hard and you think, I can't feel those muscles, I'm not sure if they're working or I'm pretty sure they're there, but they're just so weak, I can't feel that lift or I can't hold it for very long. 
start laying down in whatever position feels comfortable. Then you can go to kind of sitting up standing. So we're going against gravity more. And then when you can do it standing and you can do that good 10 second hold 10 times followed by those 10 quick ones, then you can start to incorporate it into movement. So then I would move on to, I'm going to do my lift when I do my squat exercise. I'm going to do my lift as I do my um, deadlifts, my shoulder press, whatever the exercise might be. You then incorporate your pelvic floor activation into that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I love that. That, that was actually one of my questions was going to be, is it, you know, is it okay to, you know, be lying down or be sitting? Is there a sort of best way? But I like how you've described it there is, you know, it's if you're really struggling to find, you know, start lying down. And then I suppose the the ultimate like strong pelvic floor medal is to be able to like deadlift and do your pelvic floor at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that do you know what I'm actually I've just ran a marathon, but maybe that'll be my next challenge to, to, to see if I can get that. See if I can get that <laughs> Tell me if you can do it because yeah, I mean I'll be honest, I, I definitely don't think that I could. Um, yeah, my mine definitely needs some more work. But yeah, you know, can you imagine sort of how, you know, if it's if it's strong enough to kind of work whilst doing the exercise, yeah. you know, your whole body, it's just, yeah, it's just strong, isn't it? I know, I was, I was even you, when you were saying it then, I was thinking, wow, like that is ultimate like women goals right there. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do all of that in one in one movement so yeah if I have, if I ever achieve it <laughs> I will let you know <laughs> please do <laughs> so obviously you are a, a pelvic floor physio so if someone is you know a little bit anxious or a little bit nervous and thinks you know even after listening to this or oh, if it's something that I might want to be seen but they feel a bit scared What's a sort of assessment with with yourself like? How you know how does it how does it go basically? So the best way to check somebody's pelvic floor accurately um, is to do a, a vaginal examination. Um, it's not as scary as it sounds. It, it, it's it's not like going for a smear test or anything like that. Um, you you do have to get sort of bare from the waist down. Um, but, you know, every sort of pelvic health physio will have their own private room. Um, it's, you know, it's all very sort of confidential um, and private. So for, for where I work, um, basically, you know, I have, um, I have my, my own room and I have like a screen. So the lady can kind of go behind, take off what she needs to get laid on the the couch I sort of provide like a bit of a modesty cover-up to go over the pelvis so they don't feel like everything's on show um and then what I would do is um I would just then whilst they're laid there hopefully feeling as relaxed as possible I would kind of have a look externally and, and get them to do some pelvic floor squeezes just whilst I look more at kind of the vulva and the the perineum so when somebody does a pelvic floor squeeze, you should see a lift from the perineum. So that that sort of fleshy bit between the opening of the vagina and, and sort of our anus. And also I'd see a squeeze around the anus, around the back passage. So you kind of see those muscles squeeze together and lift up. So, um, you know, we call it like an anal wink. So sort of the, you know, the back passage is <laughs> winking at you. Um, <laughs> That's a nice um, way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so yeah can you can you wink at me um and then um that would that would give me quite a lot of information as well and also i'd be able to see from that whether they were compensating anywhere you know is is their bottom squeezing and lifting off the couch you know are they trying to squeeze their thighs um are they shaking you know are they are they using other things and then what i would do is i would um insert just one gloved finger just inside the entrance of the vagina and if they were comfortable with that i would then insert it fully um once my finger's there i i have a little feel of the muscles so um like i mentioned before you know they can be really tight as well as weak so i i just have a feel to see if there's you know lots of tone and stress in there so we we hold stress and tension in our pelvic floor the same as we do our neck and our shoulders mm-hmm. so sometimes actually um you know you can feel that stress in there and they just need the opportunity to kind of relax and and let go and then i'll rest my finger i'll get them to do some pelvic floor squeezes um we'll do somewhere we hold them um some of those quick ones and all of that together would give me a lot of information about how strong somebody's pelvic floor is um whether both sides are working the same um what the endurance is like whether there are any bits that are sort of working better than others um and basically do i need to give somebody some feedback on their technique or is it just a case of the technique spot on it's doing what it should it's lifting um but it's just a little bit weak so we just need to do some exercises um and i might whilst i've got them there get them just to do some kind of deep tummy activation as well because often you sort of feel the muscles internally the pelvic floor you'd feel that start to lift as they as they activate their tummy and then we could maybe incorporate that into the program as well um and and that that would be the assessment um that's it yeah so not i mean really that sounds pretty straightforward to be honest nothing to be you know sort of worried about or or anxious about or anything just in terms of like so if someone is you know recently found out that they're pregnant or is planning to get pregnant in the near future when's a good time for for someone in that sort of situation to come and see you so um i i well i guess any time really um i think it is really important in pregnancy to protect your pelvic floor and you want to do your pelvic floor exercises really throughout the whole of pregnancy sort of three times a day if you're not sure actually if your pelvic floor is doing the right thing or you think it might already be weak then you know i think before you get pregnant is a it's a good time really to check in on those things before you're going to sort of put the body under that extra stress and strain um often with ladies they're already pregnant i wouldn't do um a vaginal exam to check on their pelvic floor i would coach them and talk through it i might even kind of um still get them to get on the couch sort of bare below the waist and just have a look like i say at that lift externally um but i probably wouldn't kind of delve any deeper than that and just coach them through it postnatally once they've gone sort of past that 4 to 6 week point and they've had their check in with their gp then you know i i could do a vaginal exam to check on pelvic floor then so um yeah i think at any stage really it depends on how you feel and whether you're already getting any symptoms mm-hmm. yeah 
So really just, you know, as we've said in general, it's just a good idea to sort of get checked, you know, and sort of see, see yeah. where you're at with it. So, no, that's honestly so, so helpful. Carrie, thank you so much. Um, so if people want to come and work with you, where is it you're based? What's the sort of your services and stuff that you offer? So um, I, so I'm based in, in Nottingham. Um, I basically, I work in a private clinic in Nottingham a few days a week um, that people can just kind of self-refer to. So that's um, Rushcliffe Physiotherapy Clinic in Nottingham. Um, and then I also work at the Spire Nottingham Hospital um, doing the same thing. Um, so people can also come and see me there. Um, the best way, I guess, to get hold of me. So I'm I'm on Instagram, um, so underscore pelvic underscore health underscore physio. Bit of a bit of a long one, but um, you can find me on there. So people can just send me messages on there if they want a little bit of advice or just to find out how to book in. So there are links on my Instagram to basically go and and book appointments. That's fab. I'll put all your details in the the show notes of the episode as well, so that people can yeah just drop you a message or have a chat or find out about you know services and things that you offer so um yeah thank you so much Carrie for coming on it's honestly been really really helpful and even when you were sitting there like you know explaining how to sort of you know work your pelvic floor muscles I could feel myself like starting to (laughs) (laughs) that's right so yeah I think you've you've definitely brought it to the top of my mind as well that I need to be more um more regular with mine as well so thank you so so much um, and I know it's going to be really helpful for for a lot of listeners. Oh, thank you for having me. It's um, yeah, it's so nice to be able to share all of this and and talk about it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that yeah, women want to know about it. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. And yes, I will speak to you in the next one. <laughs>